This is the Chicago Podcast Network. Hey, everybody. Thank you for downloading this episode of the Chicago Podcast Network's newest show, I guess we'll be going with. Call it Nick Travel Chicago. That's a bad name, so we're not going to stick with that. But at some point, I probably will make that same reference because I'm nothing if not repetitive. I'm standing outside McCormick Place right now, about to head in for the 2016 Auto Show's second media day, which is an incredible experience for me to be able to be here when there's not a large crowd, which when you're a large man, you have no idea how great that is. Gonna have a couple interviews, maybe a few more. Uh, I hope that we get to have some fun. It's gonna be an unpredictable podcast. You're gonna hear at least one interview with a woman named Kristen Tassi, who is in charge of setting up the Chicago Auto Show's uh, Ford display. She's a very nice lady and we had some fun. And you're gonna hear another interview with a gentleman named Bo Puffer, who is in charge of setting up the Fiat Chrysler Automobile Company, uh, their display, which is over 100,000 square feet and includes uh, from five different companies. And he and I have a great uh, time as well. He lets me go on the Jeep track. I left the audio out of that completely uncut. It's an incredible uh, experience to be down here for this. And really, I just want to share it all with you. I want to get an idea about this annual Chicago tradition that we all you know, hear about, know about. So I hope you enjoy today's broadcast, show, whatever the hell you want to call it. But this is Nick, live to tape at the auto show. What that means is I'm just going to record stuff and post it and not edit it very much so that you guys can just kind of enjoy the raw experience of going to the auto show in your ears while you're on your way to work or on your way home from work or whenever the hell else you listen to the dulcet town tones, towns, tones of Nick Sarantos, apparently trained broadcaster extraordinaire. We'll be back. Uh, you'll hear a click or some sort of transitional noise, and then it'll be myself and Kristen Tassi in a car doing an interview. Then I'll come back with another little intro for Mr. Puffer, and then uh, hopefully a few more interviews. I hope you guys enjoy the show. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for downloading this episode of the Chicago Podcast Network. Nick Travels Chicago, I guess is what I'm going to be calling the new show. And we are down at the Chicago Auto Show, and I am sitting in a 2016 Ford Edge with Kristen Tassie, right? Tassie. Tassie. And uh, we are going to have a little conversation right now about the auto show in general. So, Kristen, before I get to anything else, I feel like I'm burying the lead here. You're very pregnant. I <laughs> Well, you're certainly not bearing the lead anymore. Um, I am very pregnant, uh, six months, and couldn't be happier. It's our first, nice. and we're expecting a little boy um, in the very beginning of June. So, since I've been here, I've noticed you've been basically on your feet the entire time. It was so good to sit down. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's honestly what I was going to ask. Is uh, From what I think I heard, this is how many years have you been doing this now? Uh, this is my third. Third year. Mm-hmm. With your third year doing this and the first time doing it pregnant, do you find it especially exhausting this year? 
Um, yes, it is. It will. It's both actually. It's more exhausting. Um, just because my back and my feet hurt. Um, and I'm not used to that. I'm used to just being able to go all day and not have to think about it. It's less exhausting in that I feel like I really know what I need to do more so than I have in past years where, um, you know, I, I maybe didn't know what to expect with media preview days or, or things like that. So I'd say it's a nice combination of both. And, um, I feel like it's gone so well that I would take it with the aching feet and the aching back any day. You mentioned to me that you were just in Detroit, you're here in Chicago now, and your next stop is Vancouver. Yeah, so um, I actually just do the Chicago Auto Show, but Ch uh, Ford is in regional auto shows all across the world, actually. Um, the biggest one just wrapped earlier uh, last month in Detroit, and that's called the North American International Auto Show. Um, that's like the Super Bowl of auto shows, and that's where everybody makes their new debuts, and you know, you have Mark Fields, our CEO, on the floor um, talking to people, and that is the biggest deal. Um, for me, it's Chicago is what really matters. And Chicago is actually the nation's largest auto show. Um, Ford has its largest display here. So we recognize how important the Chicago auto show is. Um, and so we do some things here that we might not do at some of the other regional auto shows like Indianapolis or, um, you know, even LA sometimes. The display here is outstanding and it's, it's gigantic and the video screens are incredibly cool. The layout of this, how far out do you guys decide where cars are going to go? Do you decide it when you get here or is it something that you plan months in advance? So we try to plan months in advance, but I assure you this floor plan was changing up until Friday <laughs> and it's Thursday. Uh, so, and there's several different floor plans. So what you see today is not how the cars were yesterday and it's not how the cars are going to be tomorrow actually. Um, but once we do start the public day, which, you know, the show opens tomorrow to the right. public, then everything's set, um, for the whole week. Uh, but yeah, we, we plan months in advance. You know, it, it depends on what new vehicles we've debuted that we want to highlight. Um, our regional office here in Chicago, they actually play a very important role in deciding the layout because Chicago is a selling show. So I heard a statistic this morning that about 68% of people who come to this show will buy a car within the next year. And so it's important for our dealers that, you know, that Ford GT we saw, mm -hmm. it's a beautiful car, right? They're only building 250 this year. So it's important to have it here to, to draw attention and to get people excited. But our dealers would prefer that we have this beautiful 16 Escape front and center because these are the cars that people are going to go out and buy. Um, so all of that gets factored into how we do a, um, a floor plan. The driving simulator seems to have a nice long line here today on media day and tomorrow it's going to be, I imagine, much longer. How long does it take for them to set that thing up? Do you know? You know, I, I believe that actually setting it up, they can do in about four hours. Um, cause they've got a ton of techs that do this often. Um, and we actually have two driving simulators here. I don't know if you've been over to the truck side yet. Um, but there is a smaller one over there. So the line, you know, hint for people who are going to come, the line might not be as long as this beast here. Um, that is actually, it's like you're behind the wheel of the brand new Ford GT. When you guys are planning all this out and you're, you know, you're doing through the layout and you're working with dealers, how long is a process to set up a display like this? Like how far out do you guys really start focusing on getting ready for the Chicago Auto Show? You mean the physical getting? Yeah. Um, 
they, it's unbelievable how fast they have done this. Um, but this all came to life from, from being an empty room within the last, I think, eight or nine days. That's incredible. <laughs> it's really remarkable what they can do. And I heard somebody from the, the auto show team yesterday say, or no, it was, I think it was somebody from the Volvo, Volvo or Volkswagen team. I shouldn't be saying that name right now. Um, but anyways, they had said they weren't going to do an auto show and decided to do one at the last minute, built an entire stand in two days. So I, I imagine the stress on that team was, was unparalleled. I can't imagine. <laughs> uh, I saw you guys doing the, the interview earlier and you had, uh, Ms. Connolly out here. She's interviewing her later, but the, idea of having like a special guest interview is that something that a lot of these places do or is that something that you guys only do so um i think everybody tries to look for unique ways to stand out you know there's a lot of automakers here um some of the places here some of the other oems they'll be doing you know revealing a new vehicle or showing off a new technology for us we thought um you know how a lot of people come to the auto show for the cars. A lot of people just come because it's an experience. And so by bringing Miss Connolly here and having her talk about the consumer trends, the micro trends, um, not necessarily automotive trends, but lifestyle trends that are shaping the way we move and shaping the way the automobile and mobility industry is going to go in the future. I think that gives something fresh and something new to the people who come to our booth. And that's what we wanted to do. What are you, as somebody who works for Ford, most excited to tell people about this auto show? Oh, wow. That is such a good question. Um, you know, our uh, our vice president of marketing, sales, and service for the United States, Mark Lenave, he spoke here yesterday morning, um, and he made a really big announcement that Ford would um, be making four new SUVs within the next four years. Um, and so SUVs are such a, an incredibly popular segment right now. Um, they actually account for 30% of the market, and we expect that by 2020, they'll account for about 40%. Um, millennials are buying SUVs. Baby boomers are buying SUVs. And, um, you know, a lot of people think it's just low gas prices is what's driving SUV sales. It's not. Um, and so hearing him talk about that and hearing him say that Ford is going to put, um, you know, the resources behind four new SUVs. And we're not talking about a new edge or a new Explorer. We're talking about four nameplates that don't, that we don't have right now. And so that's what I'm most excited about this year. That's really cool. The, the, the interesting thing to me about what you mentioned about gas prices when I was a teenager in high school, the SUV, that was the SUV explosion, like early, mid-90s, and gas prices were low then. But I've also felt that SUVs are, and as someone who's about to have a child, SUVs are the best cars for families now because it's a way to avoid the minivan curse, right? Like you don't feel like you're stepping down a minivan. You still feel like you have a utility, uh, utility car. One of the things that they mentioned in the trends report, do you notice that seniors are interested in SUVs as well? Is that something that they do because they're able to hold a lot more of their stuff? Yeah, it's actually remarkable. So you're, you're totally right. One of the things that Mark Lenave said yesterday is, um, millennials, when they're starting families, they immediately think SUVs. They think SUVs, even when they're thinking about starting families, they'll start buying SUVs. What we don't talk about as much is the baby boomer demographic. And um, as he alluded to in his speech at the um, at the the auto show kickoff yesterday, was that a lot of baby boomers, you know, they've 
like himself, he's had a, a hip replacement, I think it was. And so it's difficult for him to get in and out of a lower sedan. And so that's a big reason why we're seeing baby boomers um, feel really comfortable in SUVs. Um, they have a better view higher up. Um, obviously can can tow more, you know, stuff in their vehicle with them. And so I think that whole combination uh, really makes this an appealing choice for them. And now they don't have to sacrifice fuel economy to have it. So it's just, it's a perfect storm. I know you got a lot of stuff to do and I'll get you out of here in a minute. But I wanted to ask you, one of the things I noticed on the website talking about this was that connectivity to phones, your personal devices is a big deal now. Is there anything that you want to highlight or mention as far as smart technology mixing with your personal devices to the car? Actually, there is. Um, we just made an announcement on our 2017 uh, Ford Escape a couple a couple months ago, um, where we would debut a technology called Sync Connect, and it's the first ever time we've done something this advanced. But um, we're bringing the technology from the car right to the smartphone, and users will be able to start their car, turn it off scheduled timings, scheduled time starts, locate their car in a crowded parking lot, all of the above, check, check their fuel levels from inside their house to know if they need to leave early and get gas, all from your smartphone with Sync Connect. So we're going to see that on the 2017 Escape later this fall. That's incredibly cool. Uh, last question for you, and it's more of the auto show nature. You guys have just got this stuff all set up. You're all ready to go. And then they're going to go to Vancouver. After the auto show, what is your job on the Monday morning after the auto show here in Chicago? What do you do? Uh, I take it off. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, on Monday, I'm going to be doing a recap report and trying to capture um, all of the media clips that we earned, all of the people who uh, got to see our our vehicles, our technology. Our Obviously, the most important being your appearance on the Chicago Paco podcast. Absolutely. Um, and then, you know, we pretty quickly we transition, um, at least me here in Chicago. Um, now that the auto show's over, um, I will start looking for ways to support our local dealers, um, the things they do in the community. We've got some great dealerships. Um, Fox Ford, for example, just opened on the north side of Chicago. Um, so they've got a lot of great things happening, partnerships with schools that are in the works. Um, so just how can I support them? How can I support um, the next drive event that comes to the market? Um, so we're always looking for ways to engage you know, consumers and, and just have some fun. We love Chicago. I actually, I lied. I forgot. I have one more question for you. Uh, you work for Ford Motor Company. You are in a position to know a little bit more about this. Do you trust a driverless car? Um, I cannot answer that as a Ford person, as a Ford spokesperson. Um, as a civilian. As a civilian, completely off the record. I, I would say that I would trust the technology of a, an automated vehicle. I would. Um, but I like to drive, and so I like having a steering wheel and being in control of it personally. Well, if you're going to work for a motor company, why would you do anything other than they want to drive? Thank you so much, Kristen, for sitting and doing this interview with me. Thanks so much. I, uh, I look forward to talking to you through email for many years to come. Amen. I agree. <laughs> we out! All right, guys, that was an interview we just did with Kristen Tassie from Ford Motor Company, the woman who is in charge of the display here at the Chicago Auto Show for Ford Motor Company. She was really nice. I hope you guys liked her as much as I did. And uh, good luck to her and her pregnancy. She was a very nice lady, and we had a lot of fun. We sat in a, Ford, a 2016 Ford Edge, and uh, 
She was really nice. Now coming up is going to be an interview with Mr. Bo Puffer, who is in charge of the display for, as I said uh, in the intro, uh, Fiat Automotive Company. I guess it would be Fiat Chrysler Automotive. And they, uh, he was an incredible interview as well. Had a lot of fun. We walked through his display. He showed me some cool stuff. And then we got the chance to ride on the Jeep, Camp Jeep Test Track, which if you're coming down to the auto show, folks, you should definitely check out. It's an incredible time. Uh, thank you again to Mr. Puffer. And here's the interview with him. Enjoy. All right, friends and neighbors, here we are with part two of Nick Travels to the Auto Show. Uh, I'm talking to Bo Puffer, manager for show and events and marketing with Chrysler, with the Fiat Chrysler Automobiles Company, representing Ram, Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, SRT, Fiat, and Mopar. And Maserati, too. We got a big family. <laughs> no, you guys have the Maseratis, too? I didn't know that. Absolutely, yeah. We got Maserati and Alpha. They're in a separate uh, stand kind of by the other high-end brands, but uh, we, are, we manage their display also. I, uh, I spoke uh, with one of the gentlemen who charges, whose name I'm now that I'm doing an interview with you, whose name completely escapes my head. But uh, he was saying that you guys were that the design of the auto show this year was to try to keep the luxury cars on one side, not separated, but we, we try to keep it separate because you know we've got seven different brands that we cover, and each one's got their own identity. So sometimes when you put them all next to each other, it's hard. So if you separate it, the brand it makes branding a little easier. How involved are you with the planning for the layout of this display? Oh. Uh, Everything. We uh, we sit down. At the, as soon as this show ends, we start planning next year's show. So it basically takes a full year to plan uh, how many vehicles, which vehicles, which displays we're going to be bringing, which vehicles we're launching. Uh, all plays into you know how we lay it out. Well, if that's the case, then I have to first ask you about this amazing yet incredibly dangerous looking Dodge Ram display with a truck on. What angle is this thing on? Oh, I, you know, I don't know exactly what the angle it is. Actually, we built that this year for the Texas State Fair because everything in Texas you have to make bigger to stand out. So we built it for Texas and then bring it to some of our other key shows. To be honest, we like to put it here right across from the Ford display because we like Ford to be looking at our, you know, underside of our trucks. <laughs> I was going to ask you about that. Is there is there we'll call it friendly competition every year with all the different uh, car makers? Absolutely. We all get along. We all know it's, a, you know, it's, it's like putting on a, a, a producing a TV movie. It, it could change. We all try to work together, but wherever we can, you know, we try to put Ram against Ford. Uh, and at most auto shows, we can do that. We like to put Jeep near the Land Rover, you know, strategically, you know, the brands they compete with. We want to show our products are as good, if not better than theirs. Let's take a little bit of a walk and check out some of this stuff. Um, as we're walking through right now, I'm going to, I'm not going to lie to you, not the yep. biggest car guy in the world, more of a nerd. Sure. So, but I'm going to point at some cars that I think are cool and I'd like you to just kind of tell me about them. Well, yeah. And if you want to talk about the space, we've got just over a hundred thousand square feet right here in this, in this, uh, footprint. We've got two tracks. We've got the camp Jeep track, which allows people to actually get into a Jeep and drive. I should tell you, Jeep is my favorite car manufacturer. I've had three of them. Have you been on the track? Not yet. Oh, you have to go on okay. the track because it, uh, there's no other auto show that we do that we do a track quite this intensive, and it really gives you an appreciation for the capabilities of the vehicle, and it's fun. In uh, McCormick Place, is it the largest place that you guys do a display? Yeah, this is the largest footprint we have of any uh, any auto show, just over 100,000 square feet. I, I got to tell you, I'm blown away by your display, man. It's huge and amazing. Uh, well, let me, well, one other fun thing, like tomorrow morning when it opens at 9 o'clock in the morning, we're at the back right here, and we sit here and watch people literally run from the uh, opening of the show to the Camp Jeep 
to be the first one on the track. Literally, if you're a little old lady, they're going to run you down because they want to be first on. And then it starts a 90-minute wait basically all day, and people wait 90 minutes to jump on the track. The All right, so now we're in where the Fiat's are at. Fiat's a very interesting company to me because when I was, I'm 33, when I was in high school, uh, my friend had a Fiat, but it was a very rare car to see. And in, I guess you guys say about 12 years, you guys have managed to grab a pretty decent market share with the Fiat's. Uh, is there... Do you think that there's a reason why they've caught on so much in America? Well, they're great styling. You know, we make a lot of different from the, you know, the sporty little Abarth to now the uh, 124 Spider. So it's a convertible. You know, we appeal to, to young, to middle, to older age people. So really, demographically, it covers a lot of different people, and it's fun to drive. Uh, anecdotally, I'll just tell you that a friend of mine bought one of these and now swears that they will never, ever buy another car, that they will always get a Fiat. And it's got a cool logo, too. You see the little Abarth logo we put into the carpet right there? It's just, it's a cool little Scorpion. <laughs> Now we're going to get into the stuff that, that, that that's my bread and butter, which is the Challengers and the Chargers. Oh, my God. All right. So as a fan of the Fast and the Furious franchise, <laughs> the the Challenger and the Chargers, these are, to me, these are American cars. Is there anything about them that you particularly love? I just love that they kept a lot of the styling, particularly with the Challenger, you know, from the original one from the 60s and 70s. I mean, it's got the new technology, you know, new aerodynamics, but it kept a lot of the core features of the old Challenger and the styling and the colors, um, you know, but keeping, you have to keep the heritage alive because that's where we started. It's, it's, it's funny, some of the other manufacturers, and don't want to knock them, but when they start to advance their cars, they kind of lose the look of what they used to be, and, it, and it, it, we live in a, in a world of, of nostalgia now, and to keep the look of a car from the 60s and 70s is a huge selling point, and it makes these things just, when you pass one on the road, you, you are blown away by just how cool they look. Oh, absolutely. Don't fix it if it ain't broke. All you want to do is refine it, you know, enhance the performance. Obviously, you got to work on, you know, miles per gallon, you know, even on a performance car, because we're managing mandated by it, but you keep the core integrity of the brand together. I was going to say, I don't know if you've been, but we've got our uh, Viper Racing Simulator in the I, back, I, I if, if you had a chance to jump on that, because that's a car that actually moves, you know, you're, you're in a car and it's a video game that's interactive, the car actually moves based on how you drive. Oh no, I have every intention of eventually going over there and setting the speed record, my, 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 my gamer needs. It, trust me, it'll humble you, it humbles everybody. <laughs> Alright, we are now at the... Well, the car that once had a television show made out of it, the Dodge Viper. Is this what you guys would consider your top-of-the-line car? Oh, absolutely. It's the umbrella uh, umbrella vehicle for, for the Dodge brand. Uh, you know, great heritage. You know, this is, you know, we're pushing the, the, the Viper one-of-one, one, which allows you to, you know, customize the interior, the paint, whatever. Uh, when you order this vehicle, it's you get a, a vehicle order number, and you can track the build of it actually at the plant as it's going down the line where it is. Uh, everyone is unique. Everybody can be a different color interior. Uh, and, you know, we don't sell a lot of, we don't want to sell a lot of them. You know, you still want to keep the, you know, resale value high and the, and the, you know, the aura there. Yeah. Have you had the chance to drive one when you've worked for Dodge? Oh, absolutely. I've had a chance to uh, take them around racetracks in the past and, and it's good, but it can get away from them if you don't know what you're doing. Have you, have you, have you wrecked one? I have not. I uh. think that's why I'm still employed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now we're getting to my, my daily driver section, which is the Jeep's. Which, for those of you listening, I have driven three Jeeps over 300,000 miles uh, just for the sake of doing it. And now we're at the Jeep Wrangler, which is, I guess you would call the maxed out edition. This is a Red Rock Jeep Wrangler. What it, what it, it's a concept car. Ooh. 
Well, no, actually it's going to be a limited production car. We are going to be building these, but just a handful of them to go to a few select dealers. So we are going to actually build it, but they're going to be very hard to find. You guys have got these things laid out so nicely. And this is a, a Jeep concept car, which I'm not going to lie, is the kind of thing that I would never expect to see. Uh, this thing looks incredible. When you are here and you're setting up the display, when do you finally see the models that are going to be available for you to display? Like, how far out do you know which cars you're going to have at this year's auto show? Um, quite a ways out. And, and all of these vehicles, the Detroit Auto Show just ended three weeks ago. All of the, We take the cars from Detroit, move them to Chicago. We add a few because the foot, footprint is larger here. But most of the vehicles come from Detroit. So they're our fleet of vehicles that we take to the four major auto shows, Chicago, New York, L.A., and Detroit. Okay. And this vehicle right here. Yeah, I was going to ask. With our local business center right here, they do they do a fundraising event. So this vehicle is actually being um, raffled off. Uh, they're raising money for the uh, Brotherhood of the Fallen for Officers. Uh, yeah, Fallen Officers. So every year, the local dealers put a vehicle here that, that we auction off to help raise money for some sort of good cause. It's, it's an incredible vehicle. It's for Brotherhood of the Family. I'll just read them a little thing for the podcast. It's Brotherhood for the Fallen was established in March 2010. Our mission is to honorably attend the services of fallen officers across the U.S. and Canada who have made the ultimate sacrifice, giving his or her life during the performance of their duties by providing safety for citizens. Our goal is to attend the services, give support to family, the department, and communities, and also provide the family with a monetary donation. And this is a car, ladies and gentlemen, that will be here at the auto show, and they'll be raffling it off. Absolutely. All right. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I definitely want to go check out this Jeep track with you and just kind of talk about it, and then I'll, I'll leave you to go deal with your very busy day. No, no, no problem. Again, we, you know, we've had a track here. This is the 11th year now that we've had the track here in Chicago. We'll do probably between 24, 25,000 test drives over the 10-day period. Um, again, we build it specifically for this venue right here um use all you know natural you can see at the rocks and the mulch and the sand and you know the only thing we bring in this big hill right here that's yeah. on the back of a trailer and <laughs> when you go through it and you go you you're going straight up all you do is look up at the ceiling it's a very cool experience the layout of this thing is fantastic and of the tracks that i've seen i'm pretty sure you guys are the largest by a significant amount yeah, the largest and, and the most dramatic. Yeah, it's it, it of the ones that I've seen here, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, you know this podcast will air in the middle of the auto show, so hopefully no one will hear it from the other automakers. But this is the coolest one. This thing is laid out fantastically. You go for a ride in it now? Yeah, sure. You know, yeah. Talk while you go through it. Sure. I need it. We'll do it in a. Uh, I would assume you want to do a Wrangler. <laughs> yeah. Actually, uh, you can do any one. Grand Cherokee. That's what I've always driven. Oh, Grand Cherokee. Yeah, but if you, or just the Cherokee. That's fine. Okay. Oh, whatever. I don't care. I honestly uh, don't care. Well, let me find my... Uh, it doesn't matter. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, Nick Sarantos, your illustrious host, is standing here waiting to take a ride in Jeep. So, which one do we want to do? You want to do... Uh, a, a Wrangler or Cherokee. I, honestly, whatever is, whatever is the easiest. I, I am not a difficult person. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This takes us uh, eight days to set up from from, really? from start to finish. I, I mean, you can tell from the level of detail. It's. I I, I hope that this isn't something. You, but this is Disney quality. Like this is Disney amusement park quality. Really? Do you see the one wrangle that we have hanging on the wall on the side right there? Just. To, <laughs> I mean that that thing in and of itself to me is is one of the. Like that looks amazing, but is scary. As well. <laughs> like if you're if, if you're the employee, you res- do Wrangler? sure, let's do a Wrangler. 
Okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Nick Sarantos is about to get into a. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Good. How are you? What's your name? Jesse. What's your name, my man? My name's Nick. So Jesse is going to drive us around the Jeep test track. We're going to be in four low. That's going to help maneuver us through. Now we got the three-piece freedom top. Two panels up here come off by hand. Pan on the back comes off with a tool. You can take all four doors off for that traditional Wrangler look. How many times have you driven the track so far today? <laughs> you got to the point where you feel you could do it blindfolded? Oh, I can't see yet. <laughs> but again, people during during the uh, during the actual show will wait, you know, ninety minutes, two hours in line, <laughs> just to kind of cheaty. Yeah, we. Uh, <laughs> I'll take full advantage of it. I am not. I am not ashamed. Oh wow, we're on like. Uh, I don't even know what degree angle, but I feel like I'm about to fall out of the car. This is awesome. This is insane, folks. You would have thought that this car was about to tip. This is incredibly cool. We're riding around the Jeep this track, about to go up a hill that apparently is going to make me look straight at the ceiling of McCormick Place. 35 degrees. Are you ready for this? <laughs> I don't know. We're about to find out what they hit a 35 degree hill in a Jeep. I want you to know I never used my Jeep to this extent. This is awesome. Nice. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I, I, I have no words to describe how much fun this is. And you get a great yeah. whole show from up here. Yeah. What's your name, man? AJ. AJ? AJ, are you having fun? My balls are in my throat. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's one way to describe it. <laughs> oh, this is so cool. <laughs> All right, we're going to get through this together. <laughs> The breakover point, we're going to have the momentum shift from the back of the vehicle to the front as we crest this. You'll feel it right here. All of a sudden, it shifts forward and pulls us right I through. I felt that. Okay. How long did it take you to, uh... uh... A couple times. Yeah. yeah. You got scared. I know you got scared. You built the trust, AJ. You know, that's yeah. what it's about. When you went up there, I know you was like, roller coaster! We've got skid plates underneath. That's going to protect us going over these rocks. Oh, really? All the vitals are covered. You're having fun? Ladies and gentlemen, I, I, I got to tell you, my favorite thing about this so far is it is living up to every Jeep commercial you've ever seen where you argue with yourself that no one would ever be able to do that actually in a car. That's garbage. This thing can do it. <laughs> you've lied to yourself and to all of your friends. This is uh, one of the cooler experiences of my life. This was awesome. Appreciate your time, Nick. No, I <laughs> hey, when you, when you know people, take advantage. That's right. All right, Bo, how many times have you been through this thing already? Oh, I, uh, nine or ten. I always, I, because I want to do it in a different vehicle and test in different vehicles because each one performs a little bit different, but they're all fun. Politically correct? Yeah. <laughs> the Wrangler's still my favorite. Right, right. There you go. Uh, yeah, yeah. I appreciate you guys. <laughs> Thank you so much. Right. You too. All right. Well, we just finished a ride on Camp Jeep Test Track, which was 
Absolutely phenomenal. And, Bo, I, I don't know if our interview could get any better than that. Um, before I go, I just want to ask you a couple little things. Yeah. Uh, the auto show here in Chicago, do you take advantage of being here in town? Is there any restaurants that you like Chicago style? Well, yeah, I'm a fan of all the Let Us Entertain You um, restaurants. Actually, one of the owners was my fraternity brother at Michigan State. So uh, we went to RPM Steak last night, and we're going to RPM Italian tonight. Nice. And the last thing I would ask you is... Before I leave, is there if you were to ask, tell people who are listening to this show, let's say over the weekend they're coming in Monday or Tuesday, anytime next week, what's the, besides the Jeep track, which I will plug for you, is there anything else that you would insist people see? Well, I would say come over to the multi-brand track over there where you actually get to ride in a Hellcat because it's you can't do it anywhere else. You can jump in a Hellcat, somebody will drive you around the track, and you hear the wheels squeal. All right. Thank you so much, bro. This All has right. been a lot of fun. All Thank right. you. Thanks a lot. <clears throat> All right, listeners. It is coming up on the end of day one of the auto show. I've been walking around this place, checking it out. Let me tell you all something. If you're going to go to the auto show, uh, Media Pass is the way to do it because there is nobody here, and I'm just kind of wandering like you would through your neighborhood, except my neighborhood is now filled with the nicest cars you have ever seen in your life. This place uh, is set up for one hell of a week, folks. If you get the opportunity, come down here. If you're coming down, by the way, shoot us an email at chicagopodcastnetwork at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter, Chicago Podcast One. Hit us up on Facebook, Chicago Podcast Network. Find us on all of those wonderful social media places. And let us know that you're coming. Maybe I'll uh, make a plan, interview you. You can appear on the show. But uh, your experience, as awesome as it will be, and it will be cool as hell, will never compare to walking through the auto show with maybe a thousand people maybe and that's being generous uh here today to check this place out it has been one hell of a day i hope you guys enjoyed the interviews with Kristen tassi and with uh bo puffer we had a lot of fun talking to them other than that ladies and gentlemen i guess for lack of anything else to say or anything else to do as a result of this unless i can find someone else to interview him immediately this is Nick Sorrento, Chicago Podcast Network, saying, uh, we out! It's 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. You have been listening to the Chicago Podcast Network.